Hello, you've tuned into Soul Searching, the Church of the Nativity podcast where we explore the Christian faith through scripture, reason, and tradition. I'm Father Jason Emerson, and I'm really glad you've tuned in today. So today, we're going to continue our discussion of the Epistle of James. So last week, we talked about why this is an important epistle within the canon of the New Testament. And also, I mentioned that a lot of what I'm talking about, I'm drawing from research done by Luke Timothy Johnson in his commentary on the epistle of James. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. We talked about the the text itself, uh, where we get it from, the, the different manuscripts that we have, and how those connect to the reliability of the text that we have today. We also talked about the language and the style of it, the nature of the Greek and how that relates to the audience, the first audience of it, and to us as the audience now. Today, we're going to talk about the structure and the genre. There's different ways that you could look at the structure of the Epistle of James. But the two primary poles would be friendship with God on one hand versus friendship with the world on the other. And those aren't uh, exclusive states. Rather, it's more of a, a, a continuum and where we fall on it is kind of what the text of James discusses. In a lot of ways, we could think of uh, James as putting forth theses and then essays which back up those statements. In that sense, chapter one is kind of like a table of contents. Looking at it that way, it's easy to see the following, the, the chapters that follow as essays that back up those initial thesis statements. So in chapter one, verses five through seven, we have a prayer of faith. And then there's a larger explanation of that in chapter five. Similarly, there, James talks about the reversal of fortunes in chapter one, verses nine through 10, and then expounds upon that both in chapter two in the first seven verses and in chapter four, starting with verse 13 and going all the way to chapter five, verse six. Then James talks about enduring testing and enduring trials and does that in chapter one, verses two through four and also mentions it in verse 12 and then comes back to that thesis again in chapter five, verses seven through 11. James draws a difference between wicked desire and God's gifts. Does that in chapter one, verses 12 through 18, and then expounds upon that and elaborates upon that in chapter three, verses 13 through chapter four, verse 10. He talks about the use of the tongue. Now, let me be clear here. He's not talking about speaking in tongues. He's really talking about how we speak to each other and the power that our speech in our relationships has. He does that in chapter one, verses 19 through 20, and then further elaborates on that in chapter three, verses one through 12. He talks about acting from religious convictions in chapter one, verses 22 through 27, and then circles back to that in chapter two, verses 14 through 26. Finally, chapter five, 19 through 20 is a conclusion where he kind of sums up what he's already talked about. What we can tell from this is that there went there was a lot of intention went into writing this letter. It is meant to teach. It's meant to be instructive. We can tell that from the nature and the way that it's constructed. 
because it is not just haphazardly thrown together, but there is this order and structure to it that tells us that James was trying to be really intentional and make strong arguments about the things that are written in the letter. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the genre of it. Is it a letter? Now, most commonly now, we don't really get letters in the mail like we used to. The closest thing we have to it is an email, and that's getting used less and less for communication as well. So our notion of what a letter is is changing. So what was the notion of a letter in James's day, in the first century of the Common Era? Letters were a big deal because the stuff to write on and the stuff to write with were rare. So if you sent a letter, it, it, it was important, right? Because they just didn't have papyrus. They didn't have ink pens and things like that. So it, 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 you had to be, had, there had to be a purpose and intention. In this case, reading, the, reading this epistle, we see a lot of moral exhortations. James is calling people to certain behaviors. And this is really common in the first century in a lot of writings that are in Greek, right? Um, and so we see a lot of forms. We talked a little bit about this last week. A lot of the forms of Greek rhetoric we can see in the epistle of James, that of the diatribe. We talked about that. Another form is a paranesis, and it's, that's any kind of advice, moral instruction or counsel. That's a typical theme or a typical type of rhetoric that's used in a lot of other writings from the first century as well. James kind of fits into that mold. Ultimately, Luke Timothy Johnson argues that the epistle of James is a protreptic discourse. A protreptic discourse is any type of writing that uses a rhetoric of conversion that urges a young person to adopt a specific philosophy in order to live a good life. We can get, go back and forth as to whether James is writing to Hellenistic Jews who have come to believe in Jesus or um, Hellenistic uh, worshipers of other gods who have converted into being worship of Jesus, to worshipers of Jesus. Um, but either way, he, this language of conversion is important. They're trying to, it's the first century. They're trying to learn what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does that mean? There's not 2,000 years of tradition behind that like we have now. Rather, it was a new thing. And there was so James is trying to convict them not only to believe in Jesus, but to live a certain way in response to that belief, in response to the grace that they have been given. And we can read it in a similar way. We can read this as uh, a meditation and a reflection that can inspire us to reflect on how do we live as followers of Jesus in response to the grace that we have received. So I think that's going to be it for today. I really want to thank you for tuning in. If you came to us through iTunes, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. It really helps out the podcast. Um, and also, if you came to us through Spotify, thank you very much for that as well. Again, I'm Father Jason Emerson from the Church of the Nativity, and I want you to remember, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine.